Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to talk about the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks have picks 8, 27, and 33 in this year's draft. So Jalen... I know the Knicks missed out again on a top three lottery pick, and it's unfortunate, but the Knicks were able to get the eighth overall pick. So what's the biggest positional hole that the New York Knicks have right now? I would say that is definitely point guard. I think the, their biggest concern is the fact that I don't know what's going on with Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr., but Dennis Smith Jr. was supposed to be the offensive firepower for that team brought over from Dallas at that point guard position, and he really wasn't able to produce. And Frank Nilakina, although he's an all-NBA level defender, and I genuinely believe that, the biggest concern for me with him is he can't run an offense at all. And they have guys on the team that need development, but they need a point guard who can get them the rock. R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, like – even Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, like they have guys who can put the ball in the basket, but without a guy to really be able to run the offense and facilitate and get guys into their spots, I mean, what are you supposed to do with them besides run R.J. Bear at point, which is not a terrible idea, mind you. But if we're talking about positionally, point guard is definitely the spot that they're missing because they have more than enough power forwards. Mitchell Robinson has the center spot locked down. and. As much as I would like to see maybe some kind of 3 and D wing go go there, I still think that Kevin Knox is a relatively decent prospect, um, despite the last two years being really wobbly. I just think he hasn't been put in the best position. And, hey, man, having David Fisdale as the person calling the offense coaching-wise for the last two years doesn't put you in the best positions as a rookie or even a second-year player to be able to kind of find your way offensively. And I think that could be shown from the fact that we had a very quiet year from a guy in R.J. Barrett who was supposed to be the number one overall pick before Zion Williamson burst onto the scene. So, yeah, I think it's point guard. So to follow up on that, who do you think the Knicks should target with the eighth overall pick? I think it's really simple. I think you you have two guys in mind based on where they're slotted and – you leave without one of these guys in the draft, you just messed up. I think it's Killian Hayes, combo guard, 6'5", the true definition, definition of a facilitating guard who can pretty much help put everybody in position. He's not a high-volume scorer guy, but I think he's a guy who in the league can give you 15 and 7. And I think that's really all they need because they have other guys around that kind of need to be unlocked. They just haven't been because of the circumstances. So... I think that's my biggest concern. I think the other thing is just the fact that they just need guys who can play immediately, and Killian Hayes shows all the attributes of being a guy who can step right in. I think the other guy off the rip is Tyrese Halliburton. I think Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State is an instant plug-and-play player because if you go on Tankathon right now, there's all green plus marks next to his name and dang near every category because he's just a net positive. 
He's a guy who can play defensively um, against point guards and shooting guards, pretty much can, you know, make up in the uh, the backcourt in terms of being a guy. Maybe if you move a guy like Frank Nilakina to the two, then you have a very, I would say, competent defensive backcourt with the fact that he also is a guy in uh, Halliburton who, I mean, he just enjoys facilitating the ball. I think he's a guy who likes to spread the ball around and then Knicks need exactly that. I understand that neither one of these guys are the, have the flashy names that a New York Knicks roster would love to add, but they're guys who they can instantly add to the team and reap the benefits of it from day one. So I like your options of Tyrese Halberton and Killian Hayes. I think Killian Hayes is climbing draft boards everywhere. He's a 6'5 guard, versatile player, 6'9 wingspan. I think he struggled defensively. I think there's a chance that Killian Hayes can fall to them at 8 or possibly the Knicks can trade up. He seems like a franchise player. Tyrese Halliburton, like you mentioned, seems like another great option. He averaged 15 points, just under 6 rebounds, 6.5 assists, and he shot 41% from 3. I think he's a phenomenal scorer. I think he's more than capable of running the offense for the Knicks and maybe becoming an instant starter. Considering that the biggest knee is at point guard, you're pretty much just finding – you just need to find somebody that can play alongside R.J. Barrett. But let me throw this name out there because I've seen a lot of draft boards that say that Lamella Ball could most likely go to the New York Knicks. Now, how does this happen? I would say the most likely option is that the Knicks trade up to get him at number two at Golden State. I think they have to make this trade for Lamelo Ball to Golden State, considering that it doesn't look like any of the top three teams really need a point guard. I think that Minnesota really needs a shooting guard or a power forward. I think the uh, Golden State Warriors really just need a wing player. And I think Charlotte really just needs a center. And if you look at the rest of the teams after that, you pretty much have Chicago and Detroit as the only teams that could really use a point guard. But the chances that the Knicks are able to execute a trade with the Warriors to get LaMelo Ball, I mean, I would say it's slim right now because I don't know if the Knicks would actually want to try to execute a trade with the Warriors in order to get the second overall pick and possibly select LaMelo Ball. I would have to think that the risk is worth the reward. And I think with LaMelo leading the way, there's a chance that the reward can be an NBA championship. I mean, I think the biggest question just comes down to whether or not they actually can pull the trigger on something like that. And it just comes down to what do the Warriors want? I mean, the Knicks only viable trade assets really are Mitchell Robinson, that eighth overall pick, maybe Frank Nilakina as a backup point guard for the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, R.J. Barrett, who it would be a little early to give up on just to be able to go after a pseudo younger guy with similar hype even and a guy like LaMelo Ball. And then, I mean, the next best person you have in mind is maybe Julius Randle. I mean, it's not really a great circumstance for them in a way that the Golden State Warriors really would want to be open to accepting a trade with the New York Knicks. But I really think it just comes down to I mean, we kind of said it similarly in the Minnesota episode. I think it just comes down to whether or not that team truly is open to giving up on the pick they have or if they feel as though it's really worth it because they might be in a better position holding on to the pick itself than giving it up for something 
just to say I don't want to have to select here. So just it just really depends. So transitioning to the 27th overall pick, their second pick of the first round, Jalen, I would think that looking at the depth of this team, I would have to target a small forward. So first of all, two-part question, would you agree with the fact that the Knicks need to go out and get a small forward? And if not, what position should they target next? I mean, I think, I think small forward is probably a great way to go that late because I think that there's still a lot of wings um, available that late. I think your best option at wing would probably be Tyler Bay out of Colorado. Tankathon actually has him there as well. My only concern with him really just comes back, comes down to his ability to, you know, step in on a team that's relatively young and contribute, you know, day one. He's a guy who I think you should be able to plug and play. Um, will he be able to outplay a guy like Kevin Knox, who they've been trying, I guess you could say, to develop over the last two years or so? Um, that'll be a big question. But he has all the net positives, uh, a steal and a half, a block, nearly a block and a half, 13 um, points per game, nine rebounds, 41% from three. Like, he's a guy who I think you can get late in the first round that would be like a really good step up in terms of being able to get somebody at that three and D wing position. That's like very pivotal in the league nowadays. So I think, I think you should go for the three because it's the one position that like glares at you the most when you look at the Knicks beyond point guard. So I think you should go for three, go for the three. And I think Tyler Bay probably is the guy, but um, did you have anybody else in mind or do you think there's another route they should go? I actually do agree that, the small forward position seems like the route that they should take. I think they should select Jalen McDaniels out of Washington. I think he has a high ceiling, um, solid ball handling skills, and a solid mid-range and perimeter shooting game. I think with time, he could develop into a versatile defender. And I think that it's basically the same theme that I used with the Knicks possibly taking Lamella Ball. I think this decision could be a risk the risk could be worth the reward. So I think McDaniels is a solid option. I also think the guy that you mentioned, Tyler Bay, definitely a a late round pick. It's just more or less about how he fits into this young team. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen McDaniels is like the really interesting one because of the fact that he has all the like KD, Brandon Ingram-like attributes that make you think like, he should be seen a lot higher on boards than what is expected um, or what we've seen so far, I guess is what I mean. Um, I think that just the biggest thing with him is he is a very, um, very much an enigma. Um, he played next to a big and Isaiah Stewart who got a lot of traction for that team. Um, so, I mean, I think we haven't seen um, the best out of him yet and I think under the right coaching staff he could definitely be a guy that can develop into something I'm scared that maybe the Knicks are not the team for that though um I would much likely want to see him on a team like Memphis or Toronto for example um just because I feel like there's some untapped potential there that might be able to get touched on but um I like the pick I feel like it's a little bit of a swing but when you're that late in the first round I think there's an opportunity to go for it I also think with the fact that they have an early second round pick that might be uh, a chance to get a Jalen McDaniels on a little bit less of a flyer mile 
and still, you know, be able to acquire that like boomer bust potential in a prospect like that. So you mentioned the second round pick and we should just go straight into that. So they have the 33rd overall pick. Jalen, do you think this pick is more about depth or do you see a positional hole that needs to be filled with the 33rd overall pick? I think it's just all about being able to snag talent. I think that's like the Knicks biggest issue. They just, they're not very talented. Like they're just, they're just not very good. And the worst part is they, they, when they aim for guys that they want to see in their uniform, they aim for the glaring names that can instantly pop off television screens rather than focusing on guys who can instantly make the team better and that's, you know, that's really concerning. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing for them in the second round is get another guy who can play. And I think, although it's not like necessarily a positional hole per se, I do think there needs to be some depth at the position of center because Mitchell Robinson can't and will not play 48 minutes regardless of who's the coach. And that's with the fact that we're talking about Tom Thibodeau being that guy. He's not going to play 48 minutes. So I think the perfect professional, the perfect plug-and-play player that can give you solid 15 to 20 minutes a night, older guy who can automatically resonate with the team, one of our favorites, Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State. I think he's an instant plug-in. It's funny. I got to go with Take-A-Thon all day today because they, they've just gotten everything really down pat when it comes to the New York Knicks, it seems. But I think Xavier Tillman's a great plug-and-play player. Um, He gives them a different kind of pop offensively at the center position because, let's be honest, Mitchell Robinson is kind of like a glorified version of DeAndre Jordan, for example, where except except for the athleticism, maybe, maybe a better example is actually more so Jared Allen. He's a guy who defensively is definitely there. But offensively, there's still so much left in his game that we that we need to see develop before there's any way for us to really understand whether or not he can be a versatile offensive weapon at the center position. But Xavier Tillman is a guy who he doesn't shoot the three well. So, I mean, we're not going to ask him to be some stretch big. But 13 points and 10 rebounds, he's a guy who's going to play off of effort, two blocks per game, nearly a steal and a half per game. 55% from the floor. Like he's a guy who's all hustle, all effort, and is going to give you a lot of the 50-50 plays that a team like the Knicks need in order to win games because that's gonna, that's what's going to come down to. The Knicks are not going to blow anybody out. The Knicks' ability to win games next year is going to come down to their ability to finish games and their effort. I think Tom Thibodeau is the perfect coach for a guy like Xavier Tillman as well as that because of the fact that if there's any coach in the league that's all effort all the time, it's a guy like Tom Thibodeau. And we saw that back when he was coaching teams like the the Chicago Bulls led by Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah, people of that elk. So I think you go center. I think you sure up the bench a little bit with a center. And I think you go for a guy like Xavier Tillman who literally like screams New York Knicks, maybe not New York Knicks hustle, but like New York hustle. You know what I mean? So I would say that's the I would say that's the guy. It was kind of interesting when you mentioned that, you know, there there isn't really a chance that Mitchell Robinson is going to play all 48 minutes. And I do like your selection of Xavier Tillman, but I think he sounds more like a late first round pick. I think that Tillman's definitely a solid player coming out of Michigan State. And I think, you know, if you pair him up with a guy like Cassius Winston, his teammate at Michigan State. I feel like they both can thrive 
on whatever team they get drafted on. I actually was thinking that a guy like Isaiah Stewart out of Washington could fit for the New York Knicks, especially just considering that, you know, he can maybe alleviate some of the pressure off of Mitchell Robinson, not have him play 48 minutes in the game. Uh, Stewart averaged 17 points, just under nine rebounds a game. I mentioned with the Minnesota episode that, you know, he kind of possesses a lot of the qualities that Vernon Carey has. He's a physical center that dominates in the post, efficient scorer, able to finish through contact and draw fouls. I think this could be a solid pickup, though, because I think that, you know, he, he's a guy who still needs to be developed. And I think that maybe having him back up Mitchell Robinson, that could help him not only gain experience, but like I said earlier, maybe alleviate some of the minutes off of Mitchell Robinson so that he's not playing 48 minutes a game. I mean, I, we definitely both agree that center is the wave. I think at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to um, with the second overall pick, with the second, with a second round pick, do you want to go over to, do you want to lean into a guy who might need to be a little bit of a build up project? Or do you want to go for a guy who's a little bit more established and can give you minutes immediately so I think that's the question um the Knicks never really give us a true indication of whether or not they're in rebuild mode or not I think that's the real interesting thing about it I think the late first round pick and the second round pick are both going to be real indications to us of what kind of direction the New York Knicks are going in but kind of turning that into a question by itself three picks in this year's draft um an interesting amount of cash space with the way that the Knicks did things with the two uh with the two-year deals they've kind of put themselves in a position to be pretty open to go after free agents this summer even though not the greatest class to be doing so what do you think should be the you know I guess like I said like I said in the past episode I think this is probably just a theme we're going to build up as we get closer to the draft but what do you think the philosophy for the Knicks offseason should be in general? Not even just the draft, but, like, do you think they should be putting more emphasis on getting young guys and developing young guys within the system that Tom Thibodeau hopefully brings in offensively and defensively? Or do you think with the kind of cap space that they have, they should go after guys like Montrez Harrell, Fred Van Vliet, um, if DeMar DeRozan declines his player option, if a guy like Gordon Hayward de- declines his player option, like what do you think their, their overall goal should be this, this offseason? considering this is a team that, I mean, basically they have to get really good, really fast if they want to get anywhere. So I think they need to find guys that they can make instant starters. The reality of the situation is this, the New York Knicks haven't made the playoffs since 2013. They haven't been to the finals since 1999. They've missed the playoffs a lot in the past 20 years. So if you want to get back to that level of prominence, this free agency, even though there are not a lot of big names that pop off the TV screen, I think that you need to target guys who can play. Fred Van Vliet is a guy who can play. Montrezl Harrell is a guy who can play. Gordon Hayward's a solid option when healthy. You need to find guys who can, who can not only provide help for your team, but can also be a spark, either coming off the bench or just in the lineup. But I think they need, they need to not only focus that on that during the draft, but they have to also focus on that in the offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just, yeah. I mean, I can't really disagree with you anywhere there. I think them being able to pick up guys who can instantly provide punch in any, you know, any sense of the word, I think that's kind of the goal. Like, I think the overall goal needs to be getting guys who can play. I think their issue for the longest has been trying to set up cap space where they can get these superstars and all of this other nonsense where they're trying to set themselves up on like a 2K My GM kind of trip. And it's just, it just hasn't been working. I think they need to stop trying to be fancy. I think they need to stop trying to get in their own way and just, just produce good basketball. Once upon a time, the, the, the Nets were a team that was laughed at and poked and prodded at because of a dramatic trade with the Boston Celtics that like Danny Ainge is still living off to this day. And they were able to develop guys and put themselves in a position where they were able to create a, a culture that although they weren't winning championships or, you know, winning playoff series, they were able to show that they were a competent enough roster that was trying to build up the guys within it. Along with the fact that the front office just seemed like they were a lot more stable now they're the New York team. They're the team that got Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They're the team that still has a guy in Karis LeVert who could potentially be their third star. I mean, I, I would say that Karis LeVert might be their third best player, and he's probably better than the first three or four guys we would list off for the New York Knicks. So I think the Knicks need to, unfortunately, although they might not want to admit it, they might need to look at Brooklyn and say, Let's take their approach and try to build that way for a little while. And hopefully we can turn this into something that's respectable again, because it's been a while since anybody's been able to even respect the Knicks, let alone want to actually fly over to the Knicks and become a part of their roster. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what do you believe the philosophy of the New York Knicks will be not only going into draft day, but going into the off season? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.